0: I'm speaking with Howard V. Hendrix. He's the author of many fine novels, but his latest books are a collection of short stories, Perception. I'm speaking with Howard V. Hendrix. He's the author of many fine novels, but his latest books are a collection of short stories, Perception of Depth, and a collection of essays on the Red Planet in fiction and in science, Visions of Mars. Thank you for joining me, Howard. Rick, I'm happy to be here. Thank you very much, Howard. Let's talk about uh, the difference between short stories and novels. You've been written quite a few novels, and they're, they're really fine, and, but I'm wondering how it is for you to switch back and forth.
1: Well, it's sort of returning home. That's where I started writing first was I was doing short fiction. That's where I published first, and I sort of really earned my chops and learned how to write by writing short fiction. But they are very different. The French refer to novel writing as, to write a novel, one must have the long breath. It's the difference between really a 100-yard a, a run and a marathon. Uh, and having the long breath means that you're just, it, you have to ultimately, carry more plot lines and more of a sense of what's going on in your head than with a short story short story you you bang it out you it's very quick it's like writing poetry uh it's a lot closer to that and i've also been writing some poetry tonight i'm going to be reading a couple of poems as well so uh i'm reinvestigating short forms of why and i'm also reading a chapter from my next novel so i'm still doing it all well that's really great to hear now uh you were talking about writing poetry. Is this something
0: that you've always done? And I'm wondering if it's a genre-themed uh, poetry. Yes, uh, it is
1: something i have always done. I first started publishing science fiction poetry in 1995. Um, and I've just been occasionally submitting things from time to time. I've been teaching a lot lately, which has meant I haven't had, which has meant that I haven't had as much time to work on my novels as I'd like. But it's a great time frame in which to write short fiction and write poetry, and as a matter of fact, uh, one of the poems oh, I'm going to be reading won the 2010 Dwarf Stars Award from the Science Fiction Poetry Association, and I was very pleased. With that it was a big surprise. Uh, it's for it's for it's called Dwarf Stars for, because it's for very short poetry, less than 20 lines, and I was just happy as a clam that it got. And all of my fiction, all of my poetry, pretty much, yeah, it's genre themed. Okay.
0: Now, one of the things, you've just edited a collection called Visions of Mars. This is a great idea. Talk about uh, conceiving this, pitching it, and uh, selling it to
1: uh, McFarland. Well, it, it originally spun out of a conference that I was a co-organizer a co- of at UC Riverside, the uh, University of California Riverside. It has something called the J. Lloyd Eaton Collection, a very important uh, science fiction collection. It's the largest science fiction research collection in the world. And in conjunction with that collection, they have for many years uh, run uh, what are known as the Eaton Conferences. In 2008, we decided to do an Eaton conference called Chronicling Mars, and I was uh, co-chair along with uh, George Slusser and Eric Rapkin, who are my co-editors. I ended up being lead editor, but uh, we were all involved in the organizing, as well as a woman named Melissa Conway, who was with with the University of California Research Libraries. And uh, so we thought, you know, we're going to bring in people from all different venues who've talked about Mars. We're going to bring in academics to talk about the history of uh, fiction about Mars and science about Mars and how the two have interacted. We're going to bring in Frederick Pohl. We're going to bring in Ray Bradbury. We're going to bring in uh, Larry Niven. We're going to uh, bring in Kim Stanley Robinson. We got them all in there, and we we had academics who presented papers on uh, History and interrelation between science fiction and uh, Mars studies, archeology. Uh, we had uh, Kim Stanley Robinson uh, do a keynote uh, presentation. We had Frederick Pohl interview Ray Bradbury, which was a very interesting thing. And all of those eventually ended up in the book. Now it was a challenge because. Uh, Publishers don't like publishing proceedings, so we had to make sure that ours was something other than just the proceedings of a conference. And so we had everyone rework what they had done and expand on it and uh, give us a lot more uh, input on what they'd originally presented. And we also, uh, the some of the panels, which, we, which couldn't be done as, uh, couldn't be done as, uh freestanding articles we made those part of the appendix so we just had transcripts for those so it's a very eclectic volume it covers all the authors all the major authors who have dealt with uh mars not only in the american or british canon but we've got french mars russian mars uh we've got communist mars capitalist mars we've got them all and it was very interesting to do but a lot of work uh I'm an academic in my other life, and the only group that is harder to herd... Catwise than writers is probably academics, and but we it, that's why it, it, even though the the conference originally appeared in uh, originally happened in 2008, the book itself did not appear until early 2011 because we had a lot of rewrites. Uh, we had to get everybody's wait permission waivers, and it was quite a challenge. But we did it, and I'm happy to see that it's a beautiful book. If you look at the cover of it, um, it's got. You know, the science of Mars, this is a Mariner uh, mission photo, great stuff. This is a uh, an illustration from a 1912 issue of one of Burroughs' books, and this is one of the... Maps uh, of of Mars. This one's actually plate one from the 1895 edition of, of Mars by Percival Lowell, depicting Martian canals. We've got that. We've got the 1917, excuse me, uh, cover by Frank Schoonover uh, from Burroughs's P- Princess of Mars, and a Viking one, excuse me, orbiter on July 11th, 1976 from NASA. And it's a beautiful book, and I'm I'm very happy with the way it turned out. I'm very happy with our participants, uh, and I I hope it finds a place out there for people who are interested in both the fiction and the science of Mars?
0: You know, uh, one of the things about Mars is that it I think it gets people started both on the path to science and science fiction. When I was a kid, the m- first books I read were the Burroughs Mars Martian series. And just recently, as an adult boy, I remember I was glued to the screen when the first, uh, uh,
1: Romer was on the was on oh, Mars, yes. and, and it's it's very strange when you think about it. Why Mars? Because if you look in in terms of what planet what uh, planets beyond Earth are closest to Earth are most Earth like in size. It's not Mars. Venus is both more is both closer in size to Earth, and it's closer to Earth than Mars in terms of travel time travel distance, and yet. Even before we found out what the surface of Venus was really like, people tended to focus more on Mars. And I've always wondered about that because Venus would have initially seemed the better shot. Now, of course, we know it's a runaway greenhouse effect planet and, you know, it's the surface of it's hot enough to melt lead. So it's not exactly a, a, a good place to go. But it, Mars has always had this, this intriguing appeal. And part of it goes back to really in the late 19th century, um, It it really starts with what may or may not have been a a purposeful uh, misinterpretation by Percival Lowell of the Italian Schiaparelli's uh, depictions of what he called canali, And, and canali can mean channels, as in river channels, but... Uh, Lowell translated them as canals, which are things made by sentient beings. And I think that's what got everything going. Next thing you know, you have Wells writing War of the Worlds. You have the Edgar Rice Burroughs material. You have Leigh Brackett. You have Stanley G. Weinbaum. You have eventually Philip K. Dick uh, and Stan Robinson. You have just this entire uh, panoply of people who have been fascinated by Mars.
0: You know, one of the things that, that uh, interests me, you said you're an academic, and I, I think it's so great that there's a huge collection
1: of science fiction on a UC campus. I love it. And, and uh, it, it, if it were more fully utilized, now we have a number of graduate students working on it, but uh, working with it, but it's still a sort of hidden gem. And that's something that needs to change. People need to be more aware of just how important a resource is available at UC Riverside in that collection. It's an amazing collection.
0: Well, I think I might take a video camera there someday
1: and take a look at it. Why not? It would be a very good thing to do. And it, would, it it's its barely scratched because it not only has a huge collection of published science fiction, but it has lots of fanzines. It's got an entire history of science fiction, both at the professional, semi-pro, and fan levels. It's an amazing collection. Highly recommend it to anyone. If you're in Riverside, if you're in Southern California, and you're interested in science fiction, interested in science fiction literature and criticism, Go to the Eaton Collection. It's at the Rivera Library. It's, it takes up a whole floor uh, at UC Riverside.
0: Now, um, tell us about. Can you tell us a little bit about your next novel? How far are you into it? Do you know what it's going to be?
1: Oh, well, I do, and I'm not going to talk much about it. But I am going to talk about it tonight. It's it's an what seems to be an apoco- a post-apocalyptic story that may not actually be a post-apocalyptic story. And I'll leave it at that with you.
0: I've been speaking with Howard V. Hendricks. His latest books are Visions of Mars, a collection of essays on the red planet in fiction and in science, and Perception of Depth, a collection of short stories. Thank you for joining me, Howard. My pleasure, Rick.